One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claymathrone Podcast. Coming on you with infos on writing, recording, and marketing your metal album in 2013. Hey, who is it? Hello and welcome to the first official Claymathrone Blodgecast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Cabba. And I'm the other host, Ashley, otherwise known as Ash. Together we are Cabba and Ash, both from Claim the Throne. And uh, yeah, this is just our first attempt at a bit of a podcast, aka Blodgecast, which is what we call it. Um, that name is, is a bit bit retarded, but um, we'll just tell you the story behind it. It was uh, someone telling us a story once about a blog they read, but they said, uh, guys, you should uh, read this blodge. We're like, what are you talking about? It's a, it's a bludge, mate. Ah, oh, blog, you nut. So, podcast, blodgecast. Podcast. Plodgecast. Plodgecast. I don't know. Podcast. It's something. Yeah. I think that we have, what have we set up? We've set up a blodgecast, which is part of a blodge and a podcast. Right. So, it's a big thing for our new album that we've started recording now. Uh, comes out in a few months' time. But, yeah, so we'll be writing articles on the blog and talking about them on, on the pod. On the blog. Blodge. Blodge. Podge. And we're not fat either, so it's not a podcast. Mm, getting that way. You look pretty good, I guess. No, I've put on weight. You've lost it. Oh, well. Crescent. So, yeah. off to an interesting start. This is a bit awkward, actually. Yeah, quite Talking crummy. Me and Ash are really close together at the moment. We've set up a little booth um, to try and get the sound okay. It's quite dead in here. and It's pretty good. We've cut out reflections from all points that we can with the limited gear we've got. Which is not every point, as you can probably hear, but um, yeah, we're just looking at it now, and I think if we continue to do these podcasts, um, yeah, they'll increase in quality over time. Yeah, so we'll try and do one every week, and gradually we'll be getting better. And one of the things, one of the things we do is called talking about uh, recording um, techniques and things. Ash is a bit of a nerd when it comes to that, so he'll be getting into that. And um, yeah, so what better time than to tell you a bit about the setup here for the podcast. The very podcast we're talking on? Yeah, that, that one. Okay, well, we've got a Rode Classic 2 tube condenser mic, a large diaphragm, and... Diaphragm? Yeah, I know, funny, right? I'm getting a bit of a semi now. Well, I've already had one mm. in the past. Okay. <laughs> Not right now. Anyway. No worries. Um, we've got a pop filter, something called a mic thing, and that is no joke. Uh, to deaden the sound behind the actual mic itself and we've just set up a stand with a blanket on it next to us and a mattress behind us to try and oh and a rug underneath to try and deaden as much as we can but uh yeah we were talking before that since we're speaking into the same mic perhaps in the future we'll get two microphones so we can take advantage of uh having our own separate levels and all that, not sounding thin. Was like that the old proximity effect you were talking about? The very proximity effect that... <laughs> now, that is interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I'm not sure I'd listen to it, but... Neither I'm would definitely I. That's why I'm trying to avoid conversing about it. But, yeah, then we're going into the Mbox Pro, into... Just pretty much straight into Pro Tools. Hmm. So, nothing fancy. Oh, yeah, there's a preamp on the way in, which is an FMR really nice preamp, which is really nice yeah i think so and it's interesting for us because uh some of you may know we're recording most of the album at home so we're experimenting with some gear uh which is part of the reason we've decided to do this old podcast 
Um, or is that what we called it? Blodgecast. Blodgecast, podcast. We need to stop saying that, eh? Yeah, no, I've said it way too many times so far. But um, the other reason we're doing it is just basically to try something a bit different. Uh, there's a lot of bands out there now trying some different things with, you know, the current age of hard-to-sell CDs and hard-to-sign-to-labels and everything. There's a few bands, I guess there's that Protest the Hero one, which is the obvious one, where they're, they're doing the raising the money for... Kickstarter thing. Kickstarting crowdfunding for their new album, um, and they raised a lot of money from, yeah, some... Yeah, they raised 190 grand in less than 24 hours. And that's for one album, right? And they had a... It was... Oh, what did they want? They wanted 150 grand over a month, and they got 100 and... Or was it 250? Either way, they got a lot of money in less than 24 hours from their fans just by offering things like signed vinyls, limited editions, and... Um, you know, making pizza with the band, just silly things, and in your name on the record as a contributor somehow, and yeah, some interesting stuff. Pretty, pretty cool idea. Um, I mean, our recording budget is about five grand. I don't know what they're going to do with a hundred thousand. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, isn't that funny? But either way, interesting, uh, interesting planning. Mm. And you've also got, um, I think it was Olva who did the iPhone app. Yeah, to, is it Olva? Yeah, Olva. To download some music. Um, straight they're off pissed off with their label, yeah, yeah, and they're trying, yeah, trying to connect directly to fans because, um, yeah, a couple of bucks a song directly to them is probably about the same as what they would be getting at best if they were selling a CD through a label. Yeah, exactly. And I guess with Protest the Hero, they're trying to get away from the label thing as well. Whereas for us, we're trying to get a label. Um, so we're not trying to make money out of this or anything, but it's just, um, yeah, like some sort of different promotional avenue which no one's really done yet it's quite a few good um music marketing podcasts and things out there but none really from a band's perspective so we thought we'd give that a whirl or even just from a recording perspective um it's hard so you could you could google search your favorite band let's say it was man of war or um i don't know any other bands apart from man of war yeah kombucha mushroom people Uh And if you search them in Google and you'll find a few things like, oh, they used this piece of gear on their record and that's all well and good, but when did they use it? How did they use it? Why did they use it kind of thing? And a lot of studios contain pretty much the same elements, whether they're high end or low end or whatever. And um, yeah, it's just really difficult to get a grasp on sort of how they've actually gone about doing things. So we ourselves in our quest to try and, yeah produce our own album have sort of run into all these things and we thought well for better or worse whether this album sucks in quality or it's really good um yeah we can tell you at least what to do or what not to do or what worked for us and uh yeah so in a sense it's it's, i guess it's directed towards upcoming musicians or upcoming bands who i don't know maybe are yet to record an album or yet to do any touring or things like that or maybe you know professional long-term bands also want to hear how other bands do it um so yeah we'll just be walking you through the process for the next probably few months if we do this again more than once which hopefully we will means we get to drink whiskey on sundays which is Mm. a very nice thing to do um i guess we should probably talk about uh claim the throne as a band for anyone who might not have heard of us before uh we're from australia you may tell by our kenyan accents um and we're from Perth, which is in the west of Australia. We've been around since we started, I think it was 2005. 
it was just for a bit of fun back then, but yeah, we started sort of trying out the whole Scandinavian folk metal thing, which was coming about at the time. And um, but we also liked our um, black metal and death metal and stuff, so it was a bit of a combo of those things. And um, yeah, we released our first album in 2008 called Only the Brave Return. The uh, there was a lot of quantity, very bad quality. Uh, We've still got some quantity now. Yeah, so there was it, it was a lot of inspiration and ideas for that album, but didn't really pull it off, uh, so to speak. But um, yeah, we were just trying to do something different, really. And we also wrote a book for that album. Again, questionable quality, but very funny nonetheless, and something different. You know, just trying to do things. You know, you don't want every band doing the same old thing. So it was a book and an album combo where the the chapters of the book were the same as the songs on the album so it was yeah that sort of thing pretty dumb but it was different we sold them all and uh, got a bit of exposure from it played a lot in Perth and then started doing some national Australian touring when our next EP Ale Tales came out that was just about 10 minutes long but it was a double disc with a DVD as well uh, with a video clip and stuff. Um, the songs were, yeah, really short, really easy, just catchy, folky metal sort of stuff, very keyboard orientated. Uh, but that was good fun, gave us some, yeah, good good songwriting exposure and uh, a bit of, bit more recording experience. And then we had our latest album, which was Triumph and Beyond from 2010. And yeah, that was, that was, uh, yeah, the best thing we've done so far, really, with the songs are a lot better, the production's really good. Uh, only a short album, about just over half an hour, maybe, with a few bonus tracks. Uh, so this time around, for our next album, we'll have at least an hour's worth of material, and hopefully uh, get the quality up to scratch as well. So some new songs and everything that are, yeah, I guess, got a bit of everything from every album sort of taking the best from all of those things and putting them together and still trying to go forward and uh yeah so we've done we've toured australia a few times and uh most recently we toured uk with ailstorm which we were pretty lucky to have those nice chaps invite us along uh, so cut a break for for once which was really nice great fun it was good success and we hope to do it a lot more again in the future hence the new album hence the new album which is, you know, it's been over two years now, so definitely but, due to come out. Let me interview you. All right. Why did it take you so long to start a new album? Why did it take me so long to start a new album? Well, not you, claim the throne. <laughs> which is you. Well, we sort of started writing it about over a year ago, really. More, <clears throat> more. Over, more than over a year ago, we had, um, yeah, started writing a couple of songs. And, yeah, we sort of, yeah, with that UK tour I mentioned, came up and... Um, but we also had, uh, I think we did, we finished recording Triumph and Beyond, immediately went out on a tour between tracking and mixing, came back, hurried to mix, Cabo went on a big holiday. Oh, yeah. Then we planned for a, another tour about six months later, national, and then another few months later again, we did another national. So every time we kind of tried to get started on something, it would end... <clears throat> Sorry, it would end abruptly with, you know, we need to start jamming and getting ready for this tour. So, it's one of those things you really need to 
have your your priorities set and you know if you want to be writing an album that's what you need to do you don't want to be touring or playing shows every single weekend at the same time if you just got a new album out you want to be playing and focus on writing later i guess in our case it's a bit i mean it's been awesome but maybe a bit jumbled and, and it should be planned a little bit better well i think the the main thing is that we didn't quite a transition properly from you know a tour is something that's pretty contained it's over a set period of time you know what you're doing whereas when you get offered for a show in a month you go oh yeah i'll play a show in a month and then suddenly you realize oh we need to jam or the nature of our band is that we have members who work overseas and and uh work up north uh, away from perth so we have some fill-in guys at our disposal and, and we also need to get them informed on the new songs and things like that so you know, I think we made a mistake a few times over the last couple of years where we accepted shows and we really should have actually been writing and people ask how the band's going and how new material is and you say, well, the last few weeks we've all been trying to remember the old songs or whatever, like... Yeah, so you sort of, we'll, you know, it's just only a half an hour we'll set. cut that bit. All right. Just the silence around. <laughs> I think we should keep it now. You really? Okay. Pretty funny. Cool. But yeah, it's one of those things. That it might only be a half an hour set and people will say, how's that going to affect your writing of a new album? Well, you know, you've got to practice a lot during that week and you might only have a few hours a week you can allocate to writing new stuff anyway and then that time is spent relearning old stuff and putting together a show. So, yeah, it's one of those things. If you can't juggle it, you should just really focus on one thing at a time. And, um, yeah, if you want to write new songs for a new album, then do that. Don't worry about other stuff. So, um so yeah, in our case, the last sort of six months we've been playing no gigs and just writing, and now here we are with over an hour's worth of material, so it's worked out in that regard for us, and now we're recording, and we have accepted a couple of gigs, maybe a good idea, maybe not, I think it is mainly for us to play the new songs live, and um, yeah, give them a bit of practice, because, you know, writing new songs... Yeah, you want to make sure they're going to work in a live environment and just get a bit more practice and everything. There's nothing worse than recording a song and releasing it and then going, oh, I wish I'd done it differently or, you know, this could have worked better live if we did this. So, yeah, practice new stuff live. Big tip from me, I believe. Yeah, agreed. And just playing together as a band because it's hard to write and get new songs ready to go if you've, you know... If you get together and your old songs need a bit of work, like, oh, God, how did that part go or whatever, or the speeds are a little bit varied. If, if you're not clicking as a unit because of a lot of time off, then it's pretty hard to just gel on new stuff straight away. So, yeah, a couple of gigs leading up, especially since we're leading up to something like an album launch. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good to just be in practice as musicians and as sort of um, musical colleagues, if that's... <laughs> Not such a... Sounds very professional. Yeah, it does. It's it's silly, though. You take the fun out of funnels. I know. <laughs> I try. Oh, well. Speaking of which, I'm going to do a funnel right now. Oh. Not really. I'm just joking. Yeah. That wasn't a real funnel, funnel noise. That sounded more like a horse running down a track. Um, so, anyway, I guess uh, back on the... What are we talking about at the moment? Writing songs. I don't know. I believe that... Um, We've written the songs. That's the thing. Yeah. I guess maybe let's talk about writing the songs. I think so, yeah. How what, did it go One this of the time? most common... I think, yeah, it went... Well, obviously, it's worked out really well for us this time around. Hey, it's we like worked out... Um, it's almost shocking when I've only just done drum tracks for the album 
and when I was getting prepared for it, just suddenly being under the realization that, yeah, we <laughs> we've got an hour worth of actual drumming on the album, let alone interludes and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was it was pretty huge. Everyone seemed to chip in this time, and yeah, because we weren't really keeping an, an eye on. Okay, we've got an album. We want this many songs. We didn't have any set structure to it. It was just everything that's written that sounds good. We'll we'll try and get down and. Yeah, it turned into a huge thing. Dude, I think what helped us a lot is we um, sort of made a... Well, we discussed how we wanted the new songs to sound, so what direction we sort of wanted to take. Um, I guess if you listen back to our our early catalogue, it's a lot of ideas all jumbled together because there was no real clear direction on what we were actually trying to do. Um, So this time we were like, yep, okay, obviously we're in that folk metal uh genre sort of thing so you know keep doing that but also keep with this whole melodic death sort of thing that we've tried previously as well and that's it you know like we have you need to be able to kick out a section if necessary if it doesn't fit or whatever um that being said there is some crazy stuff going on in some of the songs like slam riffs that jim's thrown into the mix and um Farthing wheel guitar solos. Yeah, some some crazy stuff, but, you know, you need to make it work, and if it doesn't work, kick it out of the songs. Um, but, yeah, so I think communication is a big key before even starting writing songs. You want to make sure everyone in the band agrees on, on what direction the band's t- taking moving forward, and then you'll find the songs just flow so much easier. You know exactly the sort of thing you want to be doing. Um, yeah, I guess with Cabba being essentially the you wouldn't call him the head writer but he does most of the writing um i think stylistically he has a certain thing happening and then everyone else contributing to that whether it be a whole song or parts they don't write for the style that cabba does but it kind of complements it and so yeah things can be for instance jim would put down tons of riffs and he's got a he's got a he's a love of death metal let's face it and yeah, how he presents that to Cabra and then how it works into the songs or how they work together. It's, um, yeah, it always creates for something that's still one style, but definitely influenced by Jim for that thing. So, yeah, it creates a lot of colours in the music without straying too much from the style. For sure. I think one of the most common questions uh, musicians get asked about writing original music is, do you write the lyrics first or the music first? How do you write a song? And most of the people use that voice as well. Um, but I think there's no real answer with either of those things. You know, some people might follow the same same way they do it every single time. But in our case, especially for this album, it's really every song has just been different. And yeah, I mean, pretty much it's been the music first a lot of the time. But we had a concept going ages ago. And I think where the music sits there in it, possibly a running order is due to the concept would you agree with that yeah i believe so we had this um concept which i can't even really remember properly what it is now it's it's become i tried to explain it it last night and it didn't work (laughs) do you want to try again oh this is what i said happened should i really go into this definitely yeah i won't go into in great detail but basically oh man this sounds really lame a disclaimer the concept is not like let's make a concept album it's more 
it helps help. us write lyrics, yeah. helps us make yeah. ideas of how each song should sound, how the album's going to flow in that regard. So if Cabas stubbed his toe that day, he doesn't want to be writing a melodic death metal song about how much his toe hurts and all that kind of stuff. At least <laughs> the fury of a toe stubbing that comes out in a riff might then pertain to a part of the storyline, which then sort of provides some lyrical ideas, you know, m- based on what the riff or whatever sounds like. So... We kind of started, I don't know, we were we were drinking one night at Alice Street in Mullaloo. <laughs> and, yeah, we talked to Cabra, had been reading some book about a wolf. And, uh, yeah, brought up this idea of uh, the world destroying itself in order to get rid of all of the people on it. And uh, then it's kind of tries to start from scratch, but then it ends up all the same in the end and so throughout that process there's a you know the world is a smelly place full of smelly people it's like the earth is is really angry with what has become of of the human race uh so it kills them all off by its its power and its might with thunders and lightnings and and floods and things and ice and flames yeah all those awesome stuff and it uh yeah restarts a single peaceful bird uh, reunites uh, humans, they regrow they try to become more peaceful and everything but then they realise there's blood on their hands, they've they've already they've done the very thing that they hated in the first place um, so they're back to square one really, and but they've just learnt to to live in harmony the world. but it's, that sounds really lame but <laughs> the point is is that during that, like, we get to see the earth destroy everything with fire covered in ice uh melted out and you know so pretty much to give us like shades or tones or you know just a just a progression of of the kind of sound that we want rather rather than an actual this song is about the this doing this and we've got to write a song that fits in this bit it's, it was more just a general f- feel and flow of the album it gives you an idea you know there's some angry songs and some sad songs and some joyous songs and some slam and that songs. sort of thing some slam songs um so yeah just sort of i think it definitely helped me a lot with with writing um especially lyrics as well because that's one of the hard things you're like what do i write about um, so, tip, don't write about your ex-girlfriends. Write about Thunder. Makes things a lot easier. Definitely. Uh, anyway, it's about enough of writing, I think. Yeah, well, writing, writing, but uh, in terms of the, you know, there's the question, do you, do you write everything in a studio or do, do you do it by yourself? How would you address that? Right, so what we did, well, we've done all the songs sort of differently. As far as the ones which I've mainly focused on writing have been... I sort of just track guitar ideas onto... I was using Reaper. Um, and that's just, different this time, right? Than the last few albums. Yeah, so the last few albums, we just it was just jamming in the studio. So, yeah, go to band rehearsal with the other guys, show them what you've got, and you just sort of all work on that and mm. try and put songs together and remember them, which is cool. But uh, this time around, it was more, yeah, track riffs, send them to the drummer, get him to put drums on, lay some mock vocals write lyrics to what the vocals sound like they're saying <laughs> and um everyone sort of learns them and then yeah some other songs other people came in and and wrote some riffs and then we'd build off that and just make sure it all flows and email it around to each other and someone will say oh this bit doesn't really work or this bit sucks 
or this bit is giving me a real big stiffy, so I would keep it. That sort of thing, so yeah, and, and that leads back to the thing, make sure you're communicating with your band members properly because if you're one person writing a whole album, these other guys have to come in and track their parts in the recording. They're like, I haven't heard this bit, I hate this bit. Yeah, and, and we actually did have that where towards the end of the process, so we did something which is maybe silly, and we did it on the last album, we didn't learn, but we had sort of a time frame of when we wanted the album to come out for whatever reason, work, holidays, all that kind of stuff. And then we go, okay, so if we're going to have an album out this date, we're going to have to book the first thing, which is drum tracking on this date. So we book a drum studio, a drum studio, a studio (laughs) to do drums in, and then just hope that all of the songs are finished being written by then. And then, so we got down to the last two weeks and in our sort of haste to get everything together, like getting scratch tracks and click tracks and everything that you need for the drumming side of recording together, people suddenly hear, you know, it slips our minds to, oh, we've we've done this or we've done this for the sake of whatever. And then they suddenly go, oh, I didn't realise there was this song or I didn't realise there was this riff or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you kind of go, oh, geez. <laughs> What do we do now? We've got no time left. And you can't really push back a studio date because they're hard to come by. So, in some cases, we we were able to make last-minute decisions, but in others, we just sort of had to go with what we had, which is, yeah, just a f- drop in communication. And, you know, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. But I think with us as well, we're, we have sort of regular, as in every few months, like a quote-unquote band meeting sort of thing where we all get together and drink and eat pizza but yeah we sort of write an agenda of all the things we need to talk about and just make sure everyone's across everything because it it just makes life so much easier if everyone is sort of striving towards a common goal and you you know you know what you want to achieve with this album what needs to be done to reach you know the goal and everyone just knows where the album is at what songs have been written what what hasn't been written blah 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 um so yeah it's important very very important to uh make sure everyone knows about it everything and i think that in a way sort of segues to what happened with the drum recording is that when we when we went into it with a few things being kind of unsettled because of the nature of how we're doing it where we're recording most of the instruments at home we've got the luxury where yeah we can leave bits free or we can sort of give ourselves options because we don't have to go into a studio to track everything as it was you know on this set date so just to clarify if you don't know what we're doing for this album we've recorded uh drums at a studio in perth uh called poonshead that happened last week and then now everything else we're trying to do at home um ash here has done some little bit of research to find out what sort of gear we should be using and, and that's where we've sort of gone so drums have been done but the rest has not been recorded yet yeah so, so even we're gone? yeah even now there's bits where uh, so our bass player Jim came over the other night and he said, oh, yeah, I was listening back to that demo. And this particular guitar riff, I'm kind of not unhappy with it, but I don't really understand where it's going. And so we can tackle that when we get to tracking that guitar. And so those minor changes aren't such a big deal because we're not on a studio clock. Hmm. We're at home. So whereas in the past it was like, oh, well. Whatever we've got. Yeah, smash through it. We've got eight hours left to finish this album. Yeah. You know, like, saying, I don't like this bit. It just has to be done. Yeah. Um, Which, oh, man, where do we start? 
like with the drum tracking, that's that's what still did happen because we booked a certain amount of time and some parts weren't actually finalised and, you know, mm-hmm. a host of other things. It's just, just get it out, whatever. And, and, you know, we talked about, oh, which what should this bit do or whatever? And it's like, oh, I don't know. We'll sort that out when we get home with mm. all the tracks. So just tried to cover a lot of ground, a lot of bases and decide afterwards, which is both a luxury and and sort of silly because it's nice to to just commit something straight away, like just get it done and just deal with the decision. But, uh, yeah, we've given ourselves a host of interesting situations to deal with in, in the future. I think going to studios is super fun. It's like a real nice environment and you really feel like you're recording an album. It's, it's a crazy experience. But um, this time around recording at home, we'll just try and make it a real studio atmosphere sort of thing. But it's just going to be way more casual because we're in no rush. We're not on the clock, like you said. Um, so and, and I'm why, and why, very excited. Why did we do this this time? Tell them that. Why did we do it? Well, I think because... Okay, so the last album was really good and we had a set budget which gave... You know, let's say you've got $5,000 to do an album. Well, how much did we spend last time? I think it was $400 a day, eight-hour days. Yeah. It was uh, 10 days or something, maybe two weeks. Uh, but with mixing and mastering? With mixing and mastering, yeah. Was it like up to 14, 15 days? Was it that much? Could or? have been. So, look, we're looking at at least a few thousand dollars there. Whereas this time around, it's probably going to be about the same, but we'll be spending a lot longer mm. on it. And we're in no rush. We've got gear now invested for future albums as well. So, yeah, we spent $2,000 on drum recording last week. And then we've probably spent... I think I, I did a budget the other day and we've spent... Uh, the band itself has spent... Uh, about two thousand dollars as well on various little pieces of gear yeah and um yeah i've spent a little bit of money as well just you know for my personal use but also to kind of aid the band as well so you know with mastering which we can't do ourselves at the end of the day the budget will come out very similar to the last album but if you compare let's say it was 10 10 eight hour days 80 hours in the studio compared to what we've got up our sleeves this time, which is just basically working around our own schedules, um, yeah, we'll probably at least have double, if not triple, the time to make this album. So, um, yeah, we're potentially sacrificing quality for... Uh, like, quality of sound recording for uh, quality of the song or or what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, that's a tough one to explain or does that make sense no it makes sense to me mm. um i was going to say something but now i can't really remember what it was um but ba- oh yeah what i was going to say was that um yeah so all the money we're spending this time which might be up to i don't know close to ten thousand dollars or whatever is going to be no, it's less than that well when i say that i mean also including you know, merch printing pressing oh. cds artwork all yeah, that shit so 10 grand for sure which is going to be pretty much all the money we've saved up from since the last album come out. So, yeah, I don't know. If you're a fan out there wondering why these bands need money, it's an expensive hobby to have being in a band. Um, yeah, so. and you probably know yourself. Like, anyone who's bought, you know, there's a bit of an Apple Mac craze going on at the moment, and you've got yourself a laptop and garage band and a couple of little things, and, you know, that seems to kind of have everything covered but at the same time why doesn't your little recording at home sound like the albums you like to listen to 
and that's that's where the money goes and often it's in studio time in terms of hours but if you look at a studio and you you look at what they use in it and you took only those pieces of equipment it would cost you also a hell of a lot of money so yeah it's it's one of those crazy things recording such a it's it's a um what is it you know it's recording money down the tube yeah it's it's not quite that but it's easy to throw money at recording it costs so much money because even the cheapest thing at the end of the day you know there is a level of difference between a basic setup for what we'd use for demos and stuff and then an actual album for sure so i think it's going to get to the point when we're going to release the album which will be august by the way hopefully and uh we'll probably have zero dollars in the bank at that time Mm. but then yeah we'll be working on earning more money again for the next album around or or whatever um yeah that is a that is a crazy thing especially when you go on tour and people are saying oh you're selling a cd for five dollars what you know don't you know the state of the economy i can't afford that yeah how do you think we afford it to even get here this costs us a lot of money to fly over yeah this is in um were we no not scotland that was in so, belfast belfast said that saying like you guys are from australia your economy is great i'm from ireland i can't afford this like well yeah and he was trying to knock a dollar off the price of a cd that cost us yeah the same amount to even print in the first place yeah yeah and we were offering him so we'd make a one dollar profit on that cd and he tried to take that one dollar from us that being said, it's also <laughs> awesome to give away some free stuff for promotion. Well, you know, yeah, it, it obviously is more important to have people hear your music than to not hear it. And, you know, it's not about money, but at the same time, I don't know, you you want to be at least breaking even. You don't want to be paying a lot of money just to so people can hear your music. Um, yeah, to get to work, you need fuel, for instance. So <laughs> if you've got no fuel, you cannot, cannot cross it. So. Yeah, you, you can't cross it. Um, anyway, another thing I was going to ask you, Ash, um, before we get too carried away here, I was, um, talk a bit about the drum recording last week. Okay. I went in for a couple of days, sounded bloody tops to me. Thanks, mate. Looked really good too, especially your abs. (laughs) The the drums, I mean. Yeah, abs, but through my shirt that I wore the whole time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what happened over there? You practiced your butt off for weeks beforehand. I did. I did. I did lots of practice. I've been getting drum lessons from a man called Ian Catchpole, and he teaches me jazz and other things that are completely useless for Claim of Throne, but are nice and make me feel better about having an actual practice routine. Um, and yeah, basically, I've got a pretty strong hand in the recording of the pre-production and demos, so I've always got access to the materials. So yeah, I guess for the last, well, for the last six months, I've started really getting to know the songs as they were finished writing and then hopefully Cabba's motioning to go get another drink is yeah, that I'm right? Yeah I'm going to get beer while you talk. Yeah good work good work. So I'm by myself now and it's very odd because it seems like I'm talking to no one uh, yeah basically I would come home from work get the songs we did have at the time play through each of them you know once or twice each and then maybe see which bits were not sounding good or needed some work and then going over them a few times and i did that for probably i would i would say at least a month pretty solidly not not every day but as as often as i could just on an electric drum kit um and during that time we we weren't actually rehearsing we played a gig or two but we weren't rehearsing at a studio so i didn't actually get on acoustic drums and uh yeah the it was two days before we actually started doing the drum tracking that 
I got myself into a rehearsal room and played on my kit and things were completely different, as you can imagine, from an electric kit. And, yeah, went in the studio and just did what I could do, which was, um, I, I think it, well, at the time I was stressing out, but listening back now, um, yeah, I actually had a lot more sorted out beforehand. Like, we tracked it to tape. Is, is this... Do you want to do this in some order? Because I seem to be going... Just talk about stuff, I think. Okay. Yeah. But so far, the one tip I can hear is make sure you practice your butt off before you go into recording. the hell out of it. Especially if you're on, your, on the clock. Mm. You, just, you don't want to be, oh, can I drop in uh, two bars after this one because I can't uh, connect those two sections or, or whatever. I can't yeah. just learn this riff. Just learn it beforehand. Well, I guess initially we should say that uh, we recorded... Uh, Triumph and Beyond at Begurk Studios um, in Perth with a guy called Al Smith or Dr. Alien Smith. Or well, as Jesse calls him, Dr. Sexy Al. Yeah, which I agree with, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, he's really pleasant to look at. Yeah. He's a nice tush. He's a lovely man. Mm. And uh, yeah, he was he was so good last time and I was really happy I came in and he had everything completely under control and I just purely focused on drumming and the last album had maybe... Every song was a set tempo, except for two, I would say, maybe three, where there was one tempo change right at the end or something like that. It was very easy to deal with, so we're just like, let's drop a click track change there. And if I wasn't quite nailing the changeover, yeah, we'd punch in, not for two bars, but we'd punch in, do all the thing at one tempo, then the last bit at the other. Then, uh, and any bits that were totally crap were then punched in afterwards or things I was unhappy with. Anyway, fast forward to this one, and oh my god, like, the amount of tempo changes on this album have been pretty extensive. There's some that, and they're not always as intuitive as, you know, changing, I don't want to get too complicated here, but from changing to, like, a a four-count pulse to a three-count, like a triplet sort of thing, it would just starkly change from 180 beats a minute to 160 after eight bars and that's um might not mean much to you but it's something you really got to get your head around to be able to actually feel how that's supposed to go i was pretty prepared with my click tracks because we recorded to tape so there was no punching in you can punch in on tape but because of the nature of our songs being very specific where the tempo changed we couldn't just punch in so we did all of the tracks you know start to finish and then we do it three times and then i'd go in we'd bounce that tape to digital and see if you know there was enough you know let's say the intro verse and chorus was really good then the next bit sucked then hopefully the next track was good so we could drop that bit in and yeah it was a lot different to how we've well how i've ever recorded in the past and um yeah that's let's leave it at that for now because god damn it good job ash i think you're a great drummer uh thanks mate you um, you do really well you've practiced hard speaking of sam from wollongong yeah we're just gonna say um while um while ash was talking for about 10 years about drums i've just done a little quick uh facebook thing being a nerd said we're uh, currently recording the first ever podcast what do you want us to talk about our pal sam from wollongong said mousing which um, occurred at his house in Yeah, Wollongong. it did happen once we stayed at his place in Wollongong um, when we were touring there. Played a great show. It was really fun. Uh, with, with... Who was it? It was, it was Troll Trollgorgon. Yeah. And some other bands. Uh, Catabasis. Was yeah, there. it was a good good gig. 
No, 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 no. Uh, Were uh, they uh, there? I don't know. I can't no, remember. You know, Andy's in two bands. Oh, it was his other band there. Um, or was it both? Mm, maybe. Either way, oh, we turned some people into mice. So what happens with mousing is just if, if, you know, it's one of those things where if people fall asleep or pass out drunk, they get drawn on them. But mousing is just put, drawing whiskers on their cheeks. And a dot on their nose to and make a dot look on their like nose. So they wake up and they don't realise that they look or like... Mickey or Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. But that mm, probably makes for a good one time we should not be so serious in our podcasts and talk about some tour stories or things that people actually care about. Good point. And laugh at the name Justin Chip Wiseman Beer. Thanks, Justin. Well, currently we're drinking... Um, we've had only two beers during this podcast, one being 150 Lashes, James Squire, and one being Bex. Mm-hmm. But we also had a couple of shots of whiskey prior to... Uh, Gentleman Jack. Talking, which is why we're talking a lot. Um, yeah, and some more 150 Lashes, and I... No offence to the Becks, but I wish we had more of them. Yeah, Just me too, Becks. It's out. quite nice, but um, 150 Lashes, yeah. forget about it. It's a lot. Really good. And also Wizards and Pirates. Yeah, I don't know anything about Wizards or Pirates, but Stradivarius Nerevar, you have an amazing name. I hope that's your real name, because if it's not, Fender we'll Stradivarius. be editing this out. Hey, we've got more shit going on here. Um, but on this topic, if... um. We're going to be putting this on our blodge, hence the name Blodgecast. So if you guys want want us to cover any topics in particular or <laughs> have any claim the throne questions. What was it like supporting the one and only Ailstorm? Um, I was, would say I would it say was really fucking yummy. Yeah, it was definitely really fucking yummy. Um, it was it was good fun, uh, Sean Munro. Um, obviously, we first supported... I thought him. when I read that, I thought it was Sean Munro what? <laughs> What's not his surname? No, it's not. I can see that now. Um, but that was the first letter, well, first word of his question. Yeah. But uh, we supported him first in Perth, uh, Australia, not Perth, Scotland. We were freaking stoked about it at the time because we just released Ale Tales, which was pretty much a rip-off of everything Ailstorm have ever done. Um, so they were our heroes at the time, and it was good for us. And we... Oh, yeah, we supported him on that whole tour, actually, not just Perth. Yeah, yeah. Which was sweet. Um, that was and then actually we, amazing. Yeah, it was cool. great fun, man. Those guys are great drinkers, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we got along well with them, and we're lucky enough for them to help us out uh, overseas with the UK tour. Shared a bus with them, um, so they're definitely legends. And I'd recommend touring with them if you want to start a band. And don't breathe in on a bus with them because you will taste human shit. What do you mean? Do, don't you remember like the last, let's say, five days? You wake up in the morning and everything's cool and you get off the bus and you go and do some stuff and then you go back on the bus and you're kind of like, oh, dear God. <laughs> it reeked, man. That was probably us. Well, well, it was probably a bit of a comment. Probably Jesse, actually. Well, I think there was a lot of farting going on while we were sleeping. <laughs> some of the things we did, um, the best things was probably talking about uh, Eat to Poo Poo with Elliot Vernon. Uh, it was also really good playing the game. What is that thing called where you run through... Uh, a tongue oh, gauntlet wheel of tongue on so someone bottle. has to get nud and run through the corridor of beds at the top floor of the bus while everyone, everyone has their tongues their out tongue out of their bunk that was pretty good um and playing in stoke on trent was also really oh, good God, yeah. danny uh still with a lot of booze and um we saw some disgusting well, we cans yeah they were gross they were like um beach balls with sand pumped into the end of them yeah. thrown off a cliff yeah I still sort of bite up a little bit, but Did you really? it was one of those things where I wasn't happy about it, but it was there, you know? Oh, my God. Um, 
I couldn't. I couldn't get past the uh, holes in the teeth. But that was um, the only day on the tour that it snowed as well. We made a big penis out of snow, which was great fun. Yeah, we went to sleep and it was regular, mm. regular sized. And then we woke up and there was snow. Yeah, it was good. It's good. The other only good thing on that tour, well, no, only, only thing, good that thing. one of Thanks, the mate. one of the good things that happened on that tour was um, getting. Everyone, well, people decided to make me a toasted sandwich in the bus, which was great. Oh, but then yeah. I received it, and everyone was laughing, like Christopher Bowes and Gareth from Ailstorm. And there was vodka, sauces, <laughs> and banana in my toasted sandwich. That Marmite. Marmite. Like salt, possibly. Salt. Uh, probably Anything. Cum. Yeah, Jesus. Anything that you could get your hands on. Well, not yeah. you, but other people. Yeah. But, um... Good it's times. funny because so, I, I look at this thing and it's, it's almost as if we're talking to these people live. Yeah, it's not. really cool. So next we're time we do this, make sure you tune in and write write us some questions while we're doing it, and we'll talk about stuff because otherwise we talk about real boring things like recording. But Jimmy Farthing, Wizards and Pirates drinking beer. I think he's friends with Lee Patterson. Is he? Yeah, and I thought he was into the band Farthing Wheel because oh, okay. his name is Jimmy Farthing. Cool. And Dylan Spencer, thanks for the question, which was not even a question. No idea, man. But, um, Should we make a joke out of that? How? Are uh, you ready? Like, no idea, man. You know, like, what do you call a blind deer? Oh, no idea. Man. Yeah. Man. Or what do you call a blind deer? With no eyes. No, no. A, That's blind. The spawn of a blind deer and a man. <laughs> no idea, man. That's the worst joke I've ever heard. We tried, we tried. Um, another joke we know is, how do you stop a dog from humping your leg? Pick it up and suck its cock. Well, mama. Pretty good. But um, on that note, let's start wrapping it up. So, the next few weeks, we're going to be practicing our butts off. Do you off even know any of the names of white rappers? Eminem. Eminem. <laughs> Eminem. Definitely the best white rapper. And Filthy Frank. Mm. Also really good. Man. Filthy Frank. Um, so, the next few weeks, we'll be practicing hard, getting ready for guitar recording, guitar tracking, which starts in less than two weeks now, uh, 18th over the long weekend. of, um, it's not November, what month is it? 2013. March. March, that's the one. So, yeah, that's coming up very soon next uh, for us, and as far as um, the new album goes, I guess what we've been wanting to do is get in touch with labels and things, trying to score some some interest overseas and stuff, but it's... The current state hey, of the environment. Isn't it funny that originally they were... So, for Triumph and Beyond, they, we had a CD produced. Yeah. And they go, let us know when you're doing your next album. Yeah. So, what we thought was, you know, we'd release this album, then sent it to labels, and they're like, well, let us know when your next one is. So, we're like, oh, we should have yeah, sent them a demo before it was out. Yeah. This time around, we try sending demos, and it seems that... They don't want to hear it until the album is finished, mixed, mastered, released. Yeah, I think the climate's changed a little so bit it's since then. interesting for sure. Um, and that's kind of how it came about. Like, to wrap up a long story, we... What was I saying? I don't know. I'm fucking drunk. Something about um, demos. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, we were recording a demo for labels, mm-hmm. and it came out sounding really good. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, we liked it. Unmastered. Probably not sounded, that good. Yeah, it sounded quite nice so then we go you know what should well i think cabot turned to me and with a wry grin and said (laughs) should this just be the album and i said well i mean it could be this is not a true story no no don't you remember (laughs) no 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 no. you said something along the lines of you know should we just do this for the album right and then i said well i prefer to play drums rather than just electric drums (laughs) okay and then 
Was that the yeah. same night we did a Strong Boys 19 oh, cover of Lord. the song Bang Bang Bang? Definitely, definitely. Our ultimate goal with this album is to be able to be a professional touring band, sort of touring Europe, touring America, being busy, that sort of thing. But in order to reach that goal, we need a big label over overseas. Um, but it's tough because they don't want to hear demos until the album's out. So we need Or to at least the album's complete. It's complete, yeah. When, when it's complete. Yeah. That's what, yeah, so... And that's a that's a toughie. And I suppose if you look in the if you look into the crystal ball, the past, whatever the hell that thing's called, bands have done it like that. So I don't want to name any names because it sounds like I'm into shit music. He named but, names. Um, yeah, he named names. So with that in mind, we can't really be approaching labels at the moment. So with our spare time, when we're not practicing or recording, it's working out, sort of getting artwork done, getting a video clip planned, getting a photo shoot planned. Yeah, and yeah. our um. Well, should we just mildly go into some future things that we'll be doing yeah. that we may talk about in sure. subsequent podcasts? Are they the things that I just said? Anal licking. Anal licking, right? So, at the moment, we haven't locked him in, but if he's listening to this, Luke Barker will be doing our next mm-hmm. photo shoot. Mm-hmm. We're also in the process of organising a, a video clip with um, some guys that have previously worked with. Uh, us uh, but yeah we haven't actually talked about that so anyway we're getting Simon a video Brody, cheers dudes it better be good or you're dead oh so we've actually organised that maybe I so this is how being in a band works you'll find out yeah, when so you're doing a podcast not communicating with people uh, yeah. and just telling them what's already confirmed which no one knows about except me and the other thing is that we talk about this new album new album that's got a release date but we have a name for it it's called mm. we're not allowed to say <laughs> well I'm not allowed to Kappa told me off so it has a name it has artwork. It was done by Chris Hancock, otherwise known as Fresh or Fresh Dog Easy, and he is in Melbourne at the moment. He also did the Triumph and Beyond artwork, which yep. we liked a lot. It's so really good. This one will be even better than that. He does a lot of things, likes aliens and skateboards and municipal waste, mm. so we'll probably he, he be getting He likes Josh him. Wosley as well, same as us. Yeah, yeah, and, and incidentally, Josh Wosley, who is a fill-in bass player, and all-round sick dick, let's yeah, be honest. legendary, for sure. Yeah, he'll, he'll be interviewed... On a subsequent podcast, as will Chris Freshdog. See, this is where I'm learning things that I haven't been told about yet. Yeah, I know, because it's it's the nature of um, podcasting. I quit this band. Same. Anyway, so um, basically... Isn't it good? We don't know what's going to happen next drunker week. Drunker and drunker as the podcast yeah. goes on. I, I think it's getting better. It was really boring at the start. So if anyone's listening this far, thanks a lot. You are definitely mad rooters. Amos Polglaze, probably the only person listening. Um, we'll try to address you in every blodge because... You know what? It's so lovely having some really diehard fans in certain areas. So, like, Amos in Perth. We've got Rory in Scotland. We've got uh, Mario in Mexico. You need people like that. It's freaking awesome. So, th- thanks for the support, guys. in the band. Um, just before we go, I don't think we've got anything too much else to really talk about. Let's save some ideas for next time. But just some housekeeping... Housekeeping. Um, next gig is in Perth. Next uh, gig is in Perth. 22nd of March. Amplifier Bar with Advent Soren as been positioned, death dependent and abhorrent. Um, we'll be playing probably four new songs and a whole lot of new merch such as red G-strings and baby bibs. If you buy a baby bib, get onto the Claim the Throne forum at www.claimthethrone.com and post a picture of your baby wearing a bib and you could win a prize. Oh, yeah. The other thing we didn't mention, and it will be in the about 
on the Kaima Throne Blodgecast WordPress site. So convoluted, we've got a million links to check out, but if you go on that one, check out what we're doing. Crap, 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 crapping on. Uh, please comment on what we're doing because um, by you guys commenting, what could you have talked about, anything that you're interested in, something we should follow up on, it's pretty thrown together this time around. Otherwise, Ash will just talk about compressors and preamps and stuff. Yeah, and that's fucking, that is a bad thing. Baby did a bad, bad thing. Help us out with uh, some money. Get us uh, get some merch from the merch store, which also you can find at www.com. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we've got a... Oh, actually, we're sold out of Triumph and Beyond CDs. We're sold out of Aotale CDs. You can download them at our Bandcamp site, um, which only costs about five bucks or so or more if you're really kind and rich. And you can also get uh, Cabba Sings Claim the Throne acoustic songs. Mm. Um yeah, and they come with free stuff like guitar tabs, video clips, uh, cabin notes on what the songs are about, that sort of stuff. So even if you've got Did the you songs already, them? yeah, you no one's read them Man, either. I can't wait to read so that. Comes to light in the podcast as well. Comes to light. This is how we should um, broadcast Claim the Throne meetings. <laughs> yeah, I see Jim Jesse have to download the podcast to find out what's new in the world <laughs> of Claim the Throne. <laughs> Anyway, is that just about enough? Anyway, just pretty much thanks a lot for listening. Um, we're going to try and get this on iTunes, so if it is, subscribe to us um, and get the blogs on your RSS feeds. Tell your mates. Um, and, uh, yeah, if there's anything Tell else to talk mates. about. <laughs> anything uh, you want us to talk be. about or even just say your name or, like, want us to say something really dumb, post it and we'll say it. No, 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 no. Cut. Oh. Make sure you comment. Yeah. If you have anything that you'd like added, revised, or discussed on the show. Because then... <laughs> exactly. Because then we can... Oh, man, that stinks. Sorry. That's because <laughs> I had olives. Oh, man. That's Oliver usual. Seuss. Yeah. Ollie, if you're listening to this now, please get in contact because we're going to Skype interview you. Oh, yeah. And if you want to be interviewed on, on this podcast, let us yeah, know. Yeah, if you've got something interesting to say, anything that could possibly contribute to not just claim the thorn, but... Um, Anything to do with music, recording, being in a band, marketing, anything like that. Cream the chain. Claim the dame. Oh, yeah. My mum calls it a... Uh, so, do you still play in the band? In the band? <laughs> in the still, brand. Do you still play in the band Climbing the Thorn? <laughs> I read their bludge. So, being in a band, pretty funny. Good fun. Well, Just on, on general metal news this week, the new soil work and the new surfing. Both ruling my world. Surfing? Is yeah, that like, like a point breakdown song like sung by Tim Roll? Someone's saying surfing, but with a lisp. Surfing. Surfing. Hell good. Get out of here. Yeah. Bye. Thanks. We'll be talking to you again next week. I'm Cabba. And I'm Ash. We're Claim the Throne. Fucking fuck yeah. <laughs>